It's time for This Week in the Big East, a comprehensive look at the teams, coaches, players, and the storied tradition of the Big East Conference. Here are your hosts, longtime conference play-by-play announcer John Rook and Big East author and sports writer Kevin McNamara. Welcome to a new season of This Week in the Big East. It's our weekly look at the teams, coaches, players, and stories coming from the 10 member schools comprising the Big East Conference. My name is John Rook. I'm joined again this season by Providence Journal beat writer and author Kevin McNamara. Kev, it's great to be with you again. We start upon a brand new college basketball season, even though, of course, well, we've actually kind of been into the new season for about six weeks now, I guess, right? You know, people, that's one of the good things about the Big East is some of these other conferences don't really pay attention to basketball in the first six weeks. I can tell you in these 10 cities, they're, they're, they're tuned into the hoop already. Well, conference play, as we all know, is getting ready to take over the spotlight from this point forward. But as Big East play begins, we'd be remiss if we didn't get back into some of the highlights from non-league play that got started in November. And, hey, we could even dial it back, I think, Kevin, to last April for Villanova's national championship thriller uh, over North Carolina because for the Big East, well, some of these intersectional games have been simply spectacular this year. You know, uh, that's an excellent point, John. We've got to give at least 20 seconds to the national to champs, don't you think? <laughs> Not only are uh, yeah. they number one in the poll again this year, but I think they're clearly riding uh, the good karma from what happened on Chris Jenkins's, you know, uh, historic prayer shot to beat North Carolina. And boy, you know, I don't think the league needed anything to, to, you know, solidify itself in the top couple in the country, but a national championship gets that job done. Let me ask you one quick question about that game against North Carolina and Jenkins's shot. Does that now become the iconic shot for college basketball, much like say Christian Leitner's was against Duke back in, uh, or against North against uh, Kentucky back in '92. Well, I like to say it's the most important clutch shot in NCAA basketball history because it won the national title. Christian Leitner's shot won the East Regional. Yeah, uh, you know to get it, into the Final Four. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know people make a big deal out of uh, NC State's finish. Well, that ball didn't go in. It was an air ball. <laughs> this this was a swish from thirty. I don't know. You you call it John thirty five feet. Um, it, 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 we'll put it this way. We will be seeing that clip forever. So get ready. I think we've just made some NC State fans kind of mad. <laughs> but hey, that's the way it goes. History has a way of kind of dealing that way. Uh, you know, to this point in the season, Big East teams now have won better than 77% of their non-conference games. That's ahead of the pace that the league has set in each of the past couple of years. Early, the Big East has been ranked number one or number two in conference RPI, due largely to, well, the big wins in some big games. Teams they've beaten have gone on to win some games too, Kevin. You know, I'm just looking at the list of uh, wins by the Big East against some ranked teams early on. You know, Villanova went into Purdue and won. Uh, Creighton won the uh, big battle. Um, I think that was a Gavit Games as well over uh, Wisconsin, a really, really good win. Uh, Butler beat Arizona. The good Butler new- beat Indiana. Butler beat Indiana, too, you know, right? it, it, the, the the thing that makes a league is depth. You know, everyone can get excited about one or two good teams. I think this league has as good a depth as it's had, and, you know, the coaches say this every year. I think it's legit right now. You know, as this conference play was getting ready to go, there were six uh, teams in the top 45 of the RPI. Georgetown was just outside that, coming off a good win up at the Carrier Dome. Uh, there are easily eight dangerous teams in this league right now, which is uh, <laughs> 
80% of your league. There's no other league in the country with 80% of its teams off to excellent starts. What else stood out to you, perhaps, from some of the, the non-conference games? I mean, were there some surprises? I know St. John's pulled off a couple. Uh, they whacked Syracuse at the Carrier Dome. Worst loss in the 36-year history of the Carrier Dome a little more than a week ago. So, I mean, that one really kind of shocked me, to be quite honest. No, if there was one result, uh, I would say St. John's going up there and giving uh, Jim Beheim his worst home loss ever would certainly uh, come close to the top of the list. You know, the, the Red Storm has been you know inconsistent. They've lost some games that they certainly shouldn't have earlier in the year. But the one team that has me uh, has caught me by surprise is Creighton. Uh, I think we know that Doug McDermott is a... Uh, I'm sorry. Greg, Greg, McDermott. Greg McDermott is an excellent coach. <laughs> That's not he, the first time anybody's done no, that. Really. No, and an excellent offensive coach. Efficiency-wise, they might be the best offensive team in the country. Yeah. And uh, we'll see how that plays out once uh, they get into Big East play. Creighton, I thought, before the season started, had a chance to be really special within the league. Now it may very well be, now that we've had a chance to see them get off to their best start in 13 years uh, with an undefeated start to their season, they may have a chance to be one of the best teams in the country before all is said and done. Well, it's funny. At Media Day, there were at least two coaches who said, you know, you got to watch out for Creighton. They have a big-time transfer sitting out. And I think everyone knew that Marcus Foster from Kansas State was a good player. But there was someone else who people weren't forgetting. And I remember going out to Creighton last year and seeing the warm-ups, pregame warm-ups. And Preston Murphy is an assistant coach at Creighton. I said, Preston, who's that? <laughs> he says, well, that's Justin Patton. He's he's a red shirt. I said, a red shirt? He'd start for you right now. And uh, <laughs> Uh, I think I was right, and this year he's doing more than starting. He's a real – so they have two real impact first-year guys that have really helped the Blue Jays. Hey, and before we forget it here, four teams also won holiday tournaments. A couple of others finished as runners-up. And the Big East has a 9-5 and record against Associated Press top 25 members to this point in time. And the league, of course, has had the number one team in the country again, as you just mentioned a short while ago, in Villanova. Pretty good start representative-wise against the other top teams in the country. Yeah, and you know, the, 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 the Zen question we can you know bounce around here a little bit is, can Villanova go 16-2 and two again? They've been 16-2 and two three years in a row. I, I would say no, just because the league is. But every time we say I that, know. they do. Well, that's the Wildcats, you know, they've, they, they, I wouldn't say they surprise us, but their dominance probably surprises us. And, you know, it's just hard for me to believe that anyone can win 16 games in this league this year. But we'll see. Well, we love the banner. We love getting back and forth on teams and questions and everything. And we're very social media friendly around here, aren't we, Kev? Oh, there's no question. <laughs> it's the way of the modern world. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at JR Broadcaster. He's at Kevin McNamara33. And you can tweet questions to us throughout the entire season on the teams, the coaches, the players right here in the Big East Conference just by using the hashtag TWITBE for this week in the Big East. So just remember the hashtag TWITBE, TWITBE if you like. We kind of go with that moniker around here. And send us your questions. We'd like to use a couple of them every week here in the show, and we're glad that you're with us here again this season. Now, each week on the show, just in case you're unfamiliar with us, we're going to hear from the players, the coaches, and also from those that follow the sport of college basketball on a regional and, yes, even a national level to give you the best insight possible into what's going on in the Big East Conference. And leading off this week, our Big East spotlight shines on a potential surprise team this year in the Big East Conference that really hasn't been much of a surprising team in the last couple of years. We'll explain. It's coming up next, this week in the Big East. Coming up this week in the Big East Spotlight. The Providence College experience, rooted in academic excellence, shared values, and an uncommon sense of community is both unique and exceptional. 
a premier Catholic liberal arts college, PC has 3,900 undergraduate students, a dynamic, engaged community, and a great location just minutes from downtown Providence. With pride in its heritage, Providence College looks forward to a bright future. Learn more at providence.edu. Big East Spotlight. Cartwright into the forecourt. Providence looking for the lead. Holt, hook shot. Oh, yeah. This whole place is standing right now, John. The last minute they've been standing it. Gurley wants a timeout. The past couple of seasons have featured names like two-time Big East Player of the Year and NBA Top 5 draft pick Chris Dunn and fellow NBA draftee Ben Bentel. But this year, the Providence Friars have had to gain notoriety, if not success, in a different way. One that doesn't include these two marquee players, but does include several familiar names fulfilling roles this year. And those roles include an emphasis on the defensive end. And Friar head coach Ed Cooley joins us this week in the Big East. Now, Ed, without those two pros, what would you say has become a defining characteristic of your current team? I think our chemistry and our, uh, you know, our appreciation for each other's strength and our attitude toward every game, truly taking it a game-by-game situation and is maximizing uh, what we can do in that one particular game. And I think the most surprising part of your team's start has been the defense. You know, you lose the two-time defensive player of the year, maybe the best defensive guard in the country for a couple years now in uh, Chris, and yet uh, defensively this has been your best team so far anyways. Uh, has that surprised you that you defensively you've been so good? It has. Uh, you know, it's something that we, you know, we're trying to hang our hat on. You know, we knew we lost Chris uh, and what he was able to bring to the floor from an athletic standpoint and from a toughness standpoint. Uh, but I feel systematically these guys are a little bit more dialed into the finer details, um, you know, with, with respect to helping one another and not gambling as much. Chris is a phenomenal player, fantastic defender. Well, hopefully these guys could uh, buy into just the team concept of it. Ed, uh, back to uh, defense a little bit. You've This is a young team, uh, you know, uh, your freshman play. You have a transfer, Isaiah Jackson, who's only a sophomore. All those guys have really contributed right away and worked up to speed uh, where you're now ready to enter Big East play. Um, again, I guess the same question. Has that surprised you? Or, or maybe who, who's the one who's come on a little uh, as you know quicker than you thought could happen? Um, I would say all of them have based on you know how, how the coaches are preparing the group. You know, Our staff has done a great job getting the guys to buy into the defensive end. Um, I, I mean, all of them have surprised me. I think Isaiah surprising us, Alpha surprising us, Malik. I think it's getting better and better. Uh, I just think it's more of a team thing than an individual thing. So hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully they can continue to do that. Coach, let's get back to the defensive ideology for just a moment, because how soon in the process of sort of transforming your team over and knowing that you had to go on without, you know, two notable players, did you realize that defense was going to be this team's calling card? Because you guys will head into Big East play uh, uh, largely on uh, the first uh, weekend of the new year, leading the league in scoring defense. Well, I mean, we had to do that. You know, right when we knew we lost those two players, right, they would say, okay, we lose not only are we losing a bunch of scoring, but rebounding and defensive attitude and physicality. So it's something that we worked on in the weight room when we did our conditioning and, you know, basically trying to build your philosophy around an identity, hopefully that continues to stay on the defensive end. Ed, uh, I think you, you had high hopes for Rodney Bullock that he'd be able to step up and handle the load offensively. And, he certainly has done that, uh, leading the uh, Big East in scoring for, for a long stretch of December. 
Um, again, is this what you kind of privately hoped for or, you know, maybe told Rodney when he went home for summer that uh, this is the role he needs to be in? Well, no, we told him that's the role he's going to be in. Uh, you know, he has struggled the last couple of games. Hopefully he bounces back a little bit, but he's getting great looks at the basket. We don't want him to stop shooting. But that's the role that we told him that he would be in when he went home for the summer. Uh, and offensively, uh, obviously he's done the bulk of uh, led you in scoring, but Kyron Cartwright uh, I think is no surprise to people who followed your program because he played so well alongside Chris last year, but he's really kind of seamlessly stepped into that floor leader role. Man has he. He has incredible vision. He loves sharing the ball. We're trying him to get a little bit more uh, uh, aggressive shooting the ball because we feel he can shoot and make plays as a scorer as well. We need him to be a triple threat on the floor, but his vision and his care of getting his teammates great shots is something that uh, you know we're really, really excited about, and hopefully he can continue to do that as well. Let's jump into some of these uh, other names on your team. Again, Providence head coach Ed Cooley joining us this week in the Big East. Uh, we've talked a little about Rodney Bullock already, Kyron Cartwright stepping in to take your point guard role as well. Jalen Lindsay's a guy that came in with a lot of hype, and yet now he seems to be developing into the kind of player that every team hopes to have, Coach, a lockdown defensive stopper. What else can Jalen do for you? Jalen's been—he's been giving us great leadership. I love—I love his voice right now. He's been vocal. He's been in a lot of games. Uh, he's really worked on his body in the offseason, his conditioning. Um, he's shooting the ball at an elite level right now. Um, I just think his overall game is coming around, and we're going to need him to continue to develop and make sure that he's a threat when he's on the floor, but continue to keep his identity as one of the better defenders in the league. Ed, how do you balance uh, as you lead coming into uh, you know Big East play and so many good games right off the stop in, in your in your schedule? How much do you watch ahead of time? I know that mo- like most coaches, you just worry about the next game, but it's pretty tough not to turn on the TV and watch you know and watch Creighton and Butler right. and Georgetown. No, I, I agree. I mean, I, I watch Marquette a little bit. I watch Villanova a little bit. The staff watch St. John's. I mean, you put your eyes on them. Uh, definitely put your eyes on them. You concentrate on the team at hand, but at the same time, you know, when games are on, you watch, kind of get some ideas of their personnel, their style of play, so you're a little familiar with them uh, before you get ready to see it up. So now that you've had a look at some of these guys, what's what stood out to you? What, what, what characteristics of some of these guys that you're getting ready to face in the opening weeks of the season here uh, that really kind of jumps out and says, wow, I wasn't sure about that? That the league is as deep and as talented is it's been since the reemergence of our of the new configuration of the Big East. Um, um, yeah, it's going to be really really tough uh, league. You know, you got to try to try to steal a couple of wins early to give you some confidence as you get into you know February. Providence head coach Ed Cooley. Thanks, coach. It's fair to say more than half of the teams in this league are off to a hot start. Top six teams record-wise have only lost seven games leading into the holidays. Who's hot? Well, if you don't know. We'll give you an idea next, this week in the Big East. Coming up, who's hot this week in the Big East. Be a VIP and experience select NCAA championships the best way possible with the NCAA Experience. Packages for select championships, including the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship and Men's Final Four, can include game tickets, pregame VIP hospitality access, hotels, and much more. Official NCAA Experience ticket and hospitality packages are available now at NCAA.com VIP. Secure your VIP package today to experience it live. 
Who's hot? Jalen turns, pulls up with a jumper. Up! Oh! Oh! Out! Rhode Island! Holy moly! Watson with a basketball. Top of the key. He'll pull up from three. Boom! Maurice Watson, five points, bank three-pointer, chase by two. Garrett backs it out, standing on the big DePaul logo. Four seconds to go, uses the screen, rolls to left, at the free throw line, floater up, good! Demons win at the buzzer! Cartwright swings it left for Bullock, he's going to launch a three. Oh, my, somebody put him out. He is in fuego. Welcome back to This Week in the Big East. I'm John Rook with Kevin McNamara. Kevin, some of the players that have emerged as team leaders, a couple we've heard from there just a couple of moments ago. Any surprises, really, that you can see, guys that maybe flew under the radar a bit here at the start of the year? You know, we mentioned two of them off the top. Uh, both uh, newcomers from Creighton have done a great job. Marcus Foster, the transfer from K-State, has been in the top uh, four or five in scoring throughout the year, averaging close to 20 a game and. Uh, the redshirt freshman, I guess, big guy who's uh, Justin Patton has led the league in field goal percentage. So, and, pretty good start for those yeah, guys. Yeah, and, and they have uh, you know the leading assist guy in the league as well. So, Maurice Watson. N- yeah. Now we know why offensively they're really good. They're not only really good, uh, leading the uh, the country in offensive efficiency in several categories as well. Kind of wondering as well what you thought of uh, a couple of the, the new guys that are beginning to uh, play their way in at Butler. Also, I guess we could probably look at, uh, well, uh, to a lo- lesser extent, I think to uh, Villanova because they have a transfer in uh, the, the kid Eric Pascal from, that came from, uh, from Fordham. Uh, any thoughts, any early observations on those guys? You know, I think the guy who surprised me at Butler I think we knew Keelan Martin was going to be good. And yeah. Andrew Travitz is obviously a four-year really good player. But last year, I, I thought Tyler Lewis struggled a lot as a point guard. And uh, he's really played very well this year. He's taken care of the ball uh, in the top three or four in assists throughout the year. Uh, obviously, point guard is such an important job, uh, you know, post in college basketball. And I think last year he never quite fit in. Uh, although he played a lot of minutes, and now he's, he has a chance to be really good. Well, familiar names and faces are certainly standing prominent again this season. Villanova's defending national champs are led by preseason player of the year in the league, Josh Hart. Uh, Hart is joined in the league's preseason first team by national title hero Chris Jenkins. Then, of course, there is Xavier's one-two punch of Trevon Blewett and Edmund Sumner. Creighton's Maurice Watson, we just talked about a bit, and Butler sharpshooter Keelan Martin. And those guys that were on the preseason first team all Big East, well, they're kind of leading their teams as perhaps they should. No real surprises there. No, and I, I, I think uh, Josh Hart is going to have a chance to win the national player, player of the year. He really is. Yeah. Uh, he's off to a great start. He had a he had one of those Heisman type games with the uh, win against Notre Dame on a neutral court. You know, I had thirty something points. I think he was ten for fourteen from the field, made three threes. Just kind of took over down the stretch, and I, I think he's going to have moments like that. Villanova is a, a very different team this year without the size that Oshefu brought them last year. That said, they're really physical. Pascal uh, is a very difficult matchup. He's one of those tweener forwards who's tough to keep off the glass. Uh, they don't have the 6'10", 7'0", you know, 7-foot guy. That You're always going to need in a couple games a year, but they have Josh Hart, and he's, he's a real, you know, He's a closer. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. How about Trevon Blewett and Ebden Sumner kind of leading the way at Xavier? Again, Xavier doesn't have some of the strength inside that they've had recently, but again, like Villanova, Xavier looks like, boy, when they are on offensively, they are really hard to handle. They're very hard to handle. I, 
I think Sumner may be the best pro prospect in the league. Uh, the NBA guys tell me that a little bit. We'll see if that play, uh, you know pans out this year. And and Blewett is a kid who considered going pro last year. He made the very wise decision to come back. I, he was not going to be a first-round pick. Uh, could be the top two guard in the league. Uh, has kind of carte blanche to be as aggressive offensively as he, as he can be. My questions with Xavier uh, are their size inside, but boy, they just play so hard, and that's been you know the trademark of Chris Mack's team since uh, since they get in the league. Let me give you two names that may be two of the fastest, if not the fastest players in all of college basketball this season, and they both reside in the Big East Conference. We'll start with Creighton's Maurice Watson, who was a preseason player of the year, and then under the radar, how about Providence's Kyron Cartwright? Uh, you hit it on the head. Uh, I, I'd like to see those guys in a sprint with the ball. With you know, the ball. A lot of guys can run fast. A lot of guys can't dribble and run fast. Uh, they have blurs end-to-end. Uh, Cartwright, I, I, you know, because you and I cover Providence, I think we knew that he was capable of a jump uh, like this. But uh, Watson has a chance to lead the country in assists. Uh, he certainly has done that uh, throughout the preseason. Uh, th- there's such a thing, you know, a one-man fast break. Those guys are one-man fast breaks. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. And then uh, I think we should probably give a nod to a couple of guys who are now becoming key players in their own right. We mentioned briefly with uh, Coach Cooley just a short while ago about Rodney Bullock, who's been at the top or leading the Big East and scoring through most of the non-conference schedule. And how about DePaul's Eli Kane? That's a kid that just knows how to put the ball in the basket. You know, a couple more. Uh, Eli Kane, you, you know, hit it on the head. Sophomore now uh, with Billy Garrett alongside. That's a nice little two-man combo. It is. Uh, I think Angel Delgado is off to a very good start at Seton Hall leads the league in rebounding, uh, has a chance to be the best big guy in the league. And, you know, for a freshman, Shamari Pons has really shown well for St. John's. Uh, When the Johnnies have won, he's played well, and that's a good sign for him. I'm just going to say, as for the newcomers there, uh, St. John's has the preseason freshman of the year in Pons out of Brooklyn, and he's, he's kind of fulfilling some promise, which is tough to do in New York, as we know, when you're a New York kid. It certainly is, and you know the combination of Pons and Marcus Lovett. Lovett's missed a few games in the preseason with uh, with some injuries, but when those two are together and both playing well, St. John's can score points. Off the radar again. Any other you know things that have come to your mind about coaches, players, trends, uh, interesting items that have kind of flown under the radar? Maybe a little bit. The ability of these coaches to get the one year guys. Or just the transfers like uh, Emmett Holt at Providence. You know, I think if, if Emmett Holt was still at Indiana, he'd be starting. You know, he's a good player. Played a lot for Indiana a couple of years ago. Went to a JUCO last year, mm-hmm. and boy, just seamlessly been fit in. He's, he's replaced Ben Bentel, which yeah. is pretty tough to do. He was a first-team only guy, uh, and then. Uh, you know, Foster at uh, at Creighton to come right. in as a one-year guy. You know, Rodney Pryor at Georgetown as a one-year guy. Big has one right been there. a yeah. very explosive scorer, exactly what the Hoyas needed. All right. Well, as we're heading into the opening weeks of the Big East Conference regular season schedule here, true contenders always begin to rise to the top. Now, some may stumble, fall a little bit along the way, but could be picked up by an overall strength of schedule and RPI rating. It isn't an exact science, this way of figuring out how to stay highly ranked, highly thought of, uh, highly uh, in the chase for an at-large berth in the NCAA tournament. But there is a bit of a science to it, and we'll discuss some of that. Big East Associate, Senior Associate Commissioner for Men's Basketball, Stu Jackson, will help us focus on some of that science behind the science next, this week in the Big East. Coming up next, the Big East Focus. When a drive for excellence combines with social justice, there is energy. When entrepreneurial spirit is unified with a passion for service, there is power. 
At Marquette University, when we bring people who hold these convictions together, they ignite. They become agile thinkers, fearless leaders, and willing servants. The force that acts for good no matter what, ready to go forth and set the world on fire. Marquette University, be the difference. Big East Focus. Welcome back to This Week in the Big East. And part of what has made the conference successful in basketball through the years is a keen sense of continuing with tradition, recognizing what has worked in the past and applying similar principles to the present and to the future. Now, charged with continuing the growth of Big East basketball is a guy who's played it, he's coached it, and administered over it at the highest levels of the game. Senior Associate Commissioner Stu Jackson. And Stu, I'm kind of curious, what have you seen thus far from these teams this year? that ties maybe into the success of the present to some of the glory days of the past. Is there a common thread in there anywhere? Well, yeah, I, I still think, you know, when you look at the Big East Conference, that the common thread between now and the past is just how competitive uh, our teams are in the way that they compete. This is a conference that's built on uh, defense, aggression, and a high level of competitiveness. But secondly... Uh, the common tie is this, this conference has always been blessed with great coaching. And today is no different than the past. I mean, if you go down the line, starting with, you know, the returning national champions and, and Jay Wright and the job that he has done over the years is just stellar. You know, two new additions into the conference like Chris Mack and Chris, Hol- uh, and Chris Holtman at Butler, Mack being at Xavier. I mean, these are elite national-level coaches uh, that undeniably uh, do a great job of just making the summation of their parts into, you know, a a great team. And, you know, this year one of the biggest surprises is on one hand and not a surprise on the other hand is the job that Ed Cooley has done. I mean, my goodness. I mean, you lose two pros off of your team in what is supposed to be a rebuilding year and the thing about Ed Cooley, which is consistent with other coaches in the, in the league, is there's no such thing as really rebuilding. It's just retooling and finding a way uh, to get a system of play that fits your personnel. And, he, you know, he's been successful, like a lot of the elite coaches in our conference. So I think those two things are, are really common with ties to the past. I think the good news, Stu, is you mentioned Coach Cooley. We probably could – Mention half of the coaches in your league who have done a good job uh, out of the gate here. The, the, the start, the Big East has gotten off to some really good starts uh, for the last three years, but th- this year may be the best. Yeah, I mean, if you look at you know where we are right now, we our, our overall conference record is uh, ninety three and twenty five, which is uh, about a seventy nine percent winning percentage, which has been the highest year-to-date uh, at this point uh, than any of the previous three seasons since the Big East has been uh, reconfigured. And, um, you know, why is that important? It's important that you do well in your non-conference so that, you know, come March, after all of our teams basically, quote-unquote, beat up on each other during conference play, it's going to be extremely important to the NCAA selection committee uh, in March, that uh, our schools have, who will have high RPIs based upon their non-conference success and some quality wins because of success in the non-conference with our 
conference wins, that when you combine those two, it puts together a very stellar resume that all but uh, gives us a very good chance of getting, you know, the five teams into the NCAA tournament or potentially six teams maybe if things fall right into the tournament, which in a 10-team league, is just outstanding. All right, Stu, you, you opened up the can of worms, and we kind of wanted to go there anyway. You mentioned those three little letters that college basketball fans like to have some angst over, and that is R-P-I. Is there a system in place within the league? What do you guys tell these coaches you need to do X in order to put yourself in position to be an at-large team if you don't win the tournament? What, what, what can you guys help them with? Well, we some conferences across the, the country, and that's a very good question, have actual scheduling standards. You know, if you look at some of the uh, what I would call, you know, lower Division One or, you know, the mid-major conferences, some of those conferences, in order to try to ensure that they get multiple teams into the tournament, will actually have scheduling standards for some of their teams. In other words, by standard meaning you can't play, uh, you know, a, a, another team that has a minimum level of RPI. We do not have that in the Big East. But what we do is try to provide our schools with as much information regarding scheduling around the country to help guide them not only for next year but in future years so that they are scheduling strongly and exhibiting to the NCA selection committee that they've gone out and challenged themselves. And, and the committee looks, uh, you know, at whether or not teams, you know, on their resume have gone out and scheduled and, quote, challenged themselves. And what that means, that they're going out and playing neutral, you know, opponents, um, you know, with higher RPIs, which you tend to get in some of these, you know, M uh, MTE tournament, and are you going out and scheduling opponents with true road games in an effort to challenge yourself and bolster your RPI like we get with the Gavit games? Mm-hmm. So, the, you know, the Gavit games has been a terrific, uh, you know, relationship with the Big Ten over the past couple of years, in part because not only is it exciting basketball, but it provides some of our schools or all of the schools involved in the Gavit games in a given year, a really challenging opponent, which if you're successful, bodes well on your resume uh, in March for the selection committee. Uh, You've hit it right on the head uh, there, Stu. I I think you'd ask Jay Wright what was his most important win here early, going at Purdue in the Gavit games, uh, and winning was was truly one of the marquee wins out of the shoot. We want to switch here a little bit. You guys announced an initiative, an officiating initiative uh, in the summertime. And I think because it was the summertime, fans had no idea it happened. But maybe you can flesh it out a little bit. Basically, it's an alliance with the ACC. You guys already were sharing quite a few officials. But now maybe share them a little more and, more importantly, cut down on some travel for the guys. Is, is that pretty much a summation of it? No, it's a very good summation. You know, one of the areas we looked at with our officiating staff is because we are only a 10-team league. We were only able to provide our primary officials that work the Big East first before any other conference. We were only able to provide them with a limited number of assignments. By comparison of, say, like the Pac-12, you know, where they have 15 teams 
and the number of assignments that they can give their primary officials is extensive. We didn't have that. And, I, and over time, you know, our, you know, that would, we believe, really hurt us in our ability to retain our officials. Now, by joining up with the ACC, we've increased the assignment pool or the assignments or the games that are available for our primary and secondary officials so that we can give them more games. And in turn, the officials have less games that they need to go out and find in other conferences. So it strengthens both leagues being able to retain that pool of officials exclusively in many cases for the ACC and the Big East. And as you mentioned, we shared many of the same officials before. But the real beauty is that we're hoping that it at least has some marginal positive effect on officiating performance. Mm -hmm. Because now, because officials don't need to go out and supplement their schedules as, as, as much, we can assign an official at a Boston College game and then assign an official a Providence College game and then assign him a Rhode Island game because the Atlantic 10 is also one of the supplementary conferences that you know the ACC had a relationship. So instead of going from Boston College and now working a game down in Baton Rouge, uh, we have an official that can now work at Boston College, get in his car, drive to Providence, work Providence, stay in the same hotel, drive the next day to Rhode Island, and there's less wear and tear on that official uh, that, you know, ultimately when you start to get down to February when officials get a little road weary, (laughs) perhaps it has a positive effect on the officials that work our game. And the fans then might say, Stu, hey, maybe that'll make the officials stay, keep his head in the ball game and not miss so many calls, right? <laughs> That's exactly right. You know, the whole objective <laughs> is to keep trying to improve performance, but our guys do a great job, uh, you know, even though the fans get a little bit passionate about some of their calls that right. they make. <laughs> Stu, thanks for the insight. We appreciate it, and we look forward to visiting again before the season's out. Yeah, and I'll look forward to talking to you guys anytime, and I'll see you out there in the road. The National Perspective is next, and we get the early season thoughts from someone who not only covers the Big East and the National College basketball picture, but from someone who played in the Big East as well. That's next. This week in the Big East. Coming up next, the National Perspective. It starts right when you hit the court. You imagine your finest moment, the game-winning shot that gets you to the dance. A monster dunk or no-look pass and cutting down the net. Sports lets us dream of our own success and prepare us for our finest moments on and off the court. I'm Shaquille O'Neal, and I believe by emphasizing academics and fairness, the NCAA is changing the landscape of college sports. Go to NCAA.org backslash opportunity to learn more. National Perspective. John Rook with Kevin McNamara this week in the Big East. Tariq Turner once pounded the hardwood for the St. John's Red Storm. He now pounds the Big East beat for Fox Sports 1 and the network's coverage of the conference, and he joins us now this week in the Big East. Now, Tariq, let's go back for a moment. Let's take a lot of some of the November and December highlights that maybe caught your attention as you make your way around the league. I know we saw you a bunch as well in Providence, but what are some of the other games, some of the other performances you've seen that you kind of maybe went wow when you thought about it? Yeah, I mean, it goes without saying that Nova is the king of the Big East, and and, and that's pretty clear. Um, but, you know, outside of Nova, I think now it's very apparent that Creighton is 
extremely talented, uh, especially their top five, their starting five, um, you know, averaging 90 points a game, shooting over 50% from the field, shooting high 40% from threes, explosive offensive team. Um, I think they're the kind of team that's talented enough, uh, especially when they get healthy. They got a couple guys that are still banged up. But I think they're, they've are they they've now kind of established themselves as a legitimate top 10 team. Um, you know, and I could see them, you know, really being a team that could go deep into March. Um, the way Mo Watson is playing, Marcus Foss has been a great addition. Um, Justin Patton is one of the top big men in the league. Um, I just like the way they play. Um, and they, they really, they have a lot of weapons. So Creighton has been a standout. Um, I think Butler has been, um, really a pleasant surprise. Um, you know, a lot of people, including myself, weren't sure if there would be a drop off, uh, losing Kellen Dunham and Roosevelt Jones. You know, you, you, you lose two seniors like that. You just, you never know what, what that means for your team. And they've, they've had some huge wins. I mean, to beat Indiana uh, on a neutral court <clears throat> and go into the, to the league play the way they have, uh, with some momentum, um, you know, I think they're extremely well coached. I think Keelan Martin is clearly one of the best players in the league. And, uh, you know, it's just another great coaching job by Chris Holdman. I think he's a very underrated coach. And um, freshman uh, Baldwin, the point guard, has been a been a as a surprise too. Mm-hmm. I didn't know much about him, but he's he's been a really really uh, impressive playmaker, point guard, floor leader for those guys. And um, they just win games. Um, you know, I'm really impressed with the way they played. Most recently, that Indiana win was very impressive. You know, I, I think Providence, I think Ed Cooley continues to prove that he's one of the best coaches in the country. Regardless of talent, he finds a way to win. He finds a way to cater his style of coaching to his personnel. You lose Chris Dunn and Ben Till, and uh, obviously you wonder how that's going to look, but I think Cartwright has really embraced that leadership role. Uh, Rodney Bullock's been terrific, as you guys know. You know the program better than me, and um you know, I, I think the role players are playing well. You know, I, I think Emmett Holt's been really um, consistent, you know, as a number two scorer. So, I mean, they're 10-2 and two going into league play. Um, I would not have guessed that going into the year that they would be 10-2 and two at this point. Um, but hats off to Ed Cooley again um, for another strong start. Um John, you know, is, it's, John, this, is, John is pretty clear. This, this guy sees a lot of games. He's got it. He's got it down on everybody in the league. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's know, why I, we're I calling. You guys know I live and breathe this, man. I so, got you. you know, this, this, this is uh, this is all fun to me. I, I could talk for days, but you know, going into the league play, I, I think the top six teams are really impressive. If you include Xavier and and um and Steve Hall in that mix, you know, the RPI is high and. You know, I, I think, you know, the Big East teams non-conference have won pretty much 80% of their non-league games. So uh, that's, I think, higher than it was last year. So it is, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of momentum going into league play, which really is a sign that it's going to be another great year for the league and for Fox Sports. I'm curious, uh, Tariq, I know you've seen Villanova a little bit. Uh, we'll go right to the top of the polls and the top of the league. Very different, yeah. very different team personnel-wise than last year, but – they play the same way. Uh, is that just the, the culture that, that a coach wants to carry carry forward? It is. You know, th- this program is a well-oiled machine. 
I mean, you know, Jay Wright is is one of a handful of coaches. There's only a few that I can think of. Has a system, a culture, a way of playing, and a way of identifying players that fit his style. That the style doesn't change much. The faces, the names may change, but the style doesn't change much. Meaning that you're going to have interchangeable guards that can all shoot the three. They spread you out. They're kind of positionless, so they're not really, you know, uh, boxed in as just one position guy. Um, Josh Hart has been phenomenal. He's been, um, at this point, the best player in the country, definitely a first-team All-American. Um, but the things that stand out that make them great guys is they shoot the three extremely well. Um, they're very efficient. Um, and then defensively, that's the part that I don't think is enough credit. But I think right now they're number one in field goal percentage defense in the league. Um, and there's a reason for that. They all guard. They all help. They're all very connected on the defensive end. Um, and they know how to win different ways. They don't just outscore you. You know, they can win ugly. They can win, you know, running. They can win in the half court. And um, I think the really great teams are, are able to win different ways. And, and um, it's not just about the offense. It's about, you know, everyone knows their role there. There's sure. no confusion. You know, Jalen Brunson is a different player than Archie Diacono. But he's a great floor leader, and he may even be a little bit better shooter than Archie Diacono. I'm not saying he's a better player, but, you know, different but same. The same in terms of understanding what his role is. And, you know, I think that's a testament to Jay Wright, getting his guys to understand how they want to play. Let, let's add, let me ask you this. Now, we've kind of identified that, that top five or six within the Big East, but of the teams that are in that next tier – who do you think might be best equipped to make a run at that top five, that upper half within the Big East? Does a team and or players exist? Well, I kind of bunch I kind of bunch the tiers in top six and then the next four. It's not a it's not an even five and five for me, um, you know. And I, and so that next four, I'm looking at Marquette as a team that uh, stands out to me as as possibly being the top of that second tier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jawan Johnson has been really good with his leadership. He's one of the upperclassmen on that team. Uh, I think Luke Fisher is going to be more of a focal point now that Henry Ellison is gone and he's a guy that can score with his back to the basket. They've got some young guards. Um, I believe the freshman guard's last name is Howard, I think. He's been he's been solid. Um, you know, I haven't seen a lot of them, but just from watching – you know, a little bit, the little bit that I have, they seem, you know, they, they're coming off a good year last year. I mean, obviously they lose Ellison, but, you know, they won 18, 19, 20 games last year. So um, I think Wojo has done a really good job of, of creating a culture there and building that team the way he wants. Yep. Um, you know, and, and they're young, you know, they, right. but they have some leadership. Cheatham is going to be a really good player again. Uh, Hanif. Yeah. Um, He's a sophomore now, so right. he's he's ready to have more of a breakout year as well. So I think that's a team that stands out to me as the top, you know, a top team to keep on your radar for that second tier. Tariq, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. All right, fellas, anytime. Have a good one. Happy holidays. Who's got next? Big games in the Big East coming up. We'll fill you in on those details this week in the Big East. Coming up, who's got next this week in the Big East? Why earn your degree from Creighton University? Chances are you want to do more than get a paycheck. 
Here, you'll learn how to make a real difference in the world, have the resources to start a career you're passionate about, make great strides in research that's changing lives. You'll be able to do more, build more, succeed more. That's why you'd come to Creighton. You're more than just a student. This is more than just an education. Go to bemore.creighton.edu. Who's got next? Okay, so who's got next? Let's find out. Right at the start of the new calendar year. Kevin, already we got some big things on the agenda. John, I'd like to make the schedule for the Big East because you can find a lot of really good games, like right out of the chute. Villanova is at Creighton. Yeah. That's a top 10, yeah, game top 10 game with a potential number one team in the country. Kind of game that you expect at the end of the year. Yeah, a big time game. Uh, also on Saturday, Xavier's at Georgetown. You know, the Hoyas have been a little uneven in the, uh, in the preseason. Great chance for a marquee home win. Uh, Providence is at Butler. If you remember last year, Providence went into Hinkle Fieldhouse and beat the Bulldogs there. So we'll see if they can do it two They've years. They've never in. lost in Hinkle. Tough place to play, too. Yeah. And speaking of Hinkle, wow, what a game next Wednesday. Villanova at Butler. Big-time games right out of the chute for Big East fans to get excited about. You know, and the one thing that you, I think most fans probably need to keep in mind, it, it's great to have these marquee games toward the start of the year, but if your team loses, you're not dead and buried. Not in this league, not, not with everybody beginning now to beat up on everybody else. No, and, you know, I, again, we've talked all show about that these teams have challenged themselves, have gone on the road, but to secure home court early and win your home games in the first week or two really gives you that confidence that I think every team needs. And building up that RPI, we spent some time talking about that on the program this week as well. All that work is done to get you ready for this stage of the game. So you hope that, as you said, in a lot of different ways, you're ready for the grind that we're getting to see over the next two months. And we've talked about the depth of the league. Every team, with the exception maybe of one, is going to have a two, three game losing streak. You just don't want it out of the chute because it can kind of blow your collective mind All right, <laughs> if it happens in January. Let's go on the record then here from the get-go in week one. Who wins it? Who's the surprise? I do think Villanova wins it. Uh, I, I would be surprised if they can win 16 games like they have the last couple of years. And as a surprise, you know, they're not a surprise because they're 10th in the country, but Creighton's a surprise nationally. And I think those those they look like the best two teams now, and it's tough for me to go against them. You picked my two teams. Well, that's you know. them. I, Villanova, yeah, I think you'd be remiss if you didn't pick the defending national champions when they're currently ranked number one in the nation. I, I would go along with that, but Creighton's been my surprise all along. I can't stray from that right now. Yeah, and you know, if you really look back at last year, Creighton lost a lot of close games at home. They're not going to lose many games at home. We've been out there. They have 17,000 fans every game. Right. They should be excited about this team. I'm, I can't wait to get out there. Uh, in about a month, uh, I can only imagine the excitement for the Blue Jays all season. Well, we know you have your questions on Big East basketball. Don't forget, you can ask us your questions via the Twitter hashtag, T-W-I-T-B-E. Twit me for this week in the Big East, so send them on. We'll start using them next week. Our thanks to Providence head coach Ed Cooley, Big East senior associate commissioner Stu Jackson, and former St. John standout and current Fox Sports 1 analyst Tariq Turner for joining us. Thanks also go out to the flagship radio stations at all of our Big East schools for getting underway this year. And thanks to producer Kevin Collins and to the coaches and administrators at all 10 Big East member schools. For Kevin McNamara, I'm John Rook. We will be back same time next week. So thanks for joining us this week in the Big East. Thanks for listening to This Week in the Big East. Special thanks to our member schools, Butler, Creighton, DePaul, Georgetown, Marquette, 
Providence, St. John's, Seton Hall, Villanova, and Xavier, as well as their athletic departments. This Week in the Big East is produced by Kevin Collins. The executive producers are John Paquette and Rick Gentile. Be sure to join us next week for the latest edition of This Week in the Big East.